Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMolder. And I'm Sam Blackwell. And today we're going to answer a letter from somebody who is haunted by a homophobic ghost. I wish that were actually <laughs> what was happening, but it's not. It's it's way less exciting than that. <laughs> I bet that does happen, like, if you believe in the paranormal, you know, if the, if you, you know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> if you died and you were an asshole, like you're I gonna mean, come back and like, haunt like an asshole. Oh, for sure. Especially because like all these ghosts are like old timey, you know? Like so like of exactly. course they're gonna come back exactly. and be like homophobic. <laughs> <laughs> all right, everyone. All it this wasn't to say. Adam and Steve. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, if it isn't abundantly well, clear right now, <laughs> Sierra and I are not licensed mental health practitioners. Right. We are not professionals. We are not trained in this. We're just here to offer our humble advice to hopefully shed some understanding and maybe some laughs on the incredibly rewarding but mostly confusing experience that is the mortal realm of love. <laughs> <laughs> this is just going to be Sorry. a ghost theme episode. We were like, fuck Halloween. You know what yeah, we should yeah, do? We yeah, should yeah, do this yeah, in yeah. March. That seems like the right time to do a ghost <laughs> <Yeah>. episode. <laughs> okay. So the check-in topic is, so it's, we haven't done a meme review in a while, but this one's actually not a meme. It's a reel from Instagram, a clip from a podcast called Pod Crushed. And I don't listen to the podcast. I just saw this clip on my Instagram explore page featuring Justin Baldoni, the host of the man or one of the founders of the man enough podcast. Um, and I, j I just want to like talk about it with Sam. So I'm going to play it <laughs> and then we're going to talk about it. Okay, cool. That sounds okay, great. Here we go. We had a deep soul connection. Mm. And both of our traumas were getting in the way. So what it's we found aware. is that our traumas are inverses of each other and our insecurities are opposite of each other. And I, uh, I could be wrong for saying this, but my experience is when your insecurity triggers theirs, you're in the right place. Hmm. <laughs> I'm going to tell my husband that. that. Actually, yeah. <laughs> that tracks, I think, mm -hmm. for, for our relationship, for sure. When your trauma triggers theirs and you find yourself like in a spiral and a loop, you are with the right person mm -hmm. because by healing and unlocking yours, because I believe it's our work to unlock our own and heal ourselves, mm -hmm. you will inevitably help heal theirs and vice versa. And yeah. it's this, it's magical. It's yeah. freaking magical. I could talk about that all day. Okay. So <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> there's a lot there. Um, <laughs> and I believe Justin is talking about his wife and you know, the, the quotes that stuck out to me was, um, you know, when your insecurities trigger theirs, you're in the right place. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. um, you know, he also said, like, when you find yourself in a loop where you're like, you know, struggling to, like, get over something or your trauma triggers their trauma and you're in this, like, cycle, you're in the right place. <laughs> and I just don't know if I vibe with that. Uh you know what I mean? I like, I actually have respect for this person. I think that they're doing a lot of great work in the world, uh, you know, in the conversations around masculinity on that podcast. Oh, for uh, sure. But I'm not really sure if that is not some toxic rhetoric. Yeah. <laughs> I also you just am like, like, I'm just like really stay. curious. Yeah, right. I'm I'm just like really curious about what 
an inverse trauma is like like what is that what does that mean like are all traumas like different sides of the same coin and they have to like match up in order for you to like find your soulmate <laughs> like what is I'm guessing um I love the visual metaphor of it I'm guessing it's it's comparable to like you know attachment styles and how they often seek out the other you know or like the one the oppositional one sure. you know what I mean mm-hmm. um if you have an absent parent um and the other person like I don't know had to caretake for their parent and like grew up caretaking and you need to be taken care of. I don't know. I'm, I'm making this up. And like, I, there are core ideas in this. I don't know about the ling. I don't know about the language he's using. Like you said, like (laughs) an inverse trauma. I don't, I think that's a made up thing. (laughs) Um, There are core ideas in this that I totally understand that like are akin to attachment and how we are drawn to each other. And like how even the most compatible person to you can like, trigger some wounds i don't know man though i just like caught in a cycle to me red flag i don't know because i don't want i don't want their rhetoric out there in the dating relationship world to be like you just need to work harder you haven't loved right you haven't given enough you haven't you know you you just have to keep talking because guess what like sometimes there's no resolution to those circular uh, circular conversations. Um, and you're just like in the wrong place. (laughs) (laughs) There's no like higher evolution that you need to get to in your healing process. For sure. No. And I just, I think that the reason why I'm like, sort of like, I guess fixated on this idea of like inverse traumas is that it like, again, it just like distills this really complicated thing down into like, oh, you either have this trauma or this trauma and they're opposites and they are reactive to each other. Mm. And like, you need to find somebody who has that opposite trauma so that you can heal your trauma. Like, it's just like this whole, like taking this like idea or like taking the complexity of the human mind and heart and body and being like, oh yeah, of course it's just, it's black and white. Right. And you need to find the black to your white so that you can mix together and everything will be healed. And it's like, I don't think that that's actually how it works. And also, if you are in a constant state of triggering and re-triggering each other through your behavior and through whatever it is, then like that doesn't feel to me like fodder for a lot of healing and growth. It feels to me like a lot of fodder for enacting our trauma onto other people and like doing it over and over Mm. again, right? Like it... I've seen so many relationships where it's like, oh, I love him so much. We're soulmates. And also he triggers me every day. And the the feeling that I get from that every day. Yeah. The feeling I get from that is so wonderful, right? Like it's like the highs are so high and the lows are so low, right? Like that doesn't feel like a sustainable thing. And like, does that mean that people can't be triggered by their partners and like learn from that trigger? Absolutely not. Like, I think that that is something like Peter triggers me a lot, right? We don't have inverse traumas, whatever that means, where we're like suddenly learning from like our inverse experiences. But of course we are people in bodies who are, who have been through things. And so things that Peter does to me, make me furious or trigger me in some way, remind me of something. Right. And of course I learn from that experience. Absolutely. But I, but Peter and I are very, are never caught in a triggering re-triggering cycle and if we did that would not be a safe place for me <laughs> that would like that would not be a place right, of growth exactly. that would be a place of me like constantly fighting which is like not something that I'm very interested in and I also there are people in my life 
whom I love and respect, um, who, who's, who often talk about life experiences, specifically people that come into their lives and really trigger or shake up something in them and be like, Oh, you know, this, they'll talk about it as though, like, you know, Oh, you know, this person was really loving and it's, I think they came into my life to teach me how to accept love or sure. this person was really, you know, hypermasculine and they're in my life so that I can like heal the wound of my hypermasculine father or whatever. For I sure. don't know. And I, I do think people, I think it's okay to think that way, but I don't want that thought pattern or this rhetoric that this person is sharing on the podcast to blur our intuition when it comes to like who is just not right for us or is potentially like a toxic environment you know like not everything has to be a lesson not everything has to be a struggle not everything is brought to us to teach us something sometimes people just like aren't fucking for us and the lesson is we have to listen to that intuition and be like nope you're not worth my emotional energy you're not worth triggering my childhood trauma for sure or my attachment (laughs) no especially because like dealing with and investigating those traumas needs to be done in like a safe space right and it's with people who are reciprocating oh absolutely and preferably with somebody who is like uninvolved (laughs) you know what I mean like like a therapist (laughs) or somebody right who can like help do that yeah and like of course like I don't know Justin Baldoni's relationship like maybe it is really safe for him and maybe he's doing this work in in partnership with his spouse as well as with his therapist like I don't know so I'm like not trying to judge his experience right like good for him but I I do think that the rhetoric that that like you should be in relationships that are cyclically triggering each other is like really, <laughs> really problematic for yes. me in like the real world and not in the world of like Hollywood. <laughs> yes, exactly. And I'm glad you, you share my feelings. Cause I saw this, like, I, I don't know that relationship. I think that they are, you know, here's another thing I'll say, if this deeply speaks to you, phenomenal great go for (laughs) it like I want us to find um you know a framework that we connect to words that we connect to um and if this is meaningful you phenomenal I just wanted to unpack it on my podcast (laughs) for thousands of people (laughs) I don't know I love to everybody (laughs) everyone's right um yeah everyone's okay Oh God, we're losing our teeth, Blackwell. Okay, Um, you want to dive into this week's letter? Yes, let's do it. All right, today's letter comes to us from Baffled and Confused Heathen, (laughs) which has got to be one of my favorite names so far. Oh, for sure, absolutely. Whose pronouns are they, them, who is writing to us from a deep, dark bog in Florida. Actually, Mm. the week that this episode is airing, I'm going to Florida to visit my mother, so... Hello. Ooh, okay. Heathen. Yeah, you and this heathen <laughs> right. can meet in that deep dark bog. It'll be super fun. Yeah. First off, I want to say I know closure isn't real. <laughs> <laughs> Great start to a letter. Yep. I know closure isn't real, but I still want some sort of satisfying end to the story. Sorry for the long letter about a platonic situation. TLDR, a homophobic ex-friend, invites me to a wedding after not speaking to me for years. And I feel like I have to answer or explain why I'm not going uh, and why we are not friends anymore. 
Now for the too long part. Over 10 years ago, when I was a kid in middle school, I met two people I became very close with. I'll call them Joy, she, her, and Lucky, she, her. I'm 24 now, but Lucky and I are still close. And when I travel home, we grab coffee and catch up on life. Joy and I, not so much. Six years ago, Joy didn't handle my coming out very well. I did the classic car confession while we were at a Sonic catching up about life. Her response was that she hoped I hadn't been a secret pervert every time Joy, Lucky, and I had sleepovers and Mm. that it's okay. She would pray for me and she didn't care that I was gay because she knew I'd understand that she would never go to a gay wedding or meet any future partners. It didn't sink in how absolutely fucked that was until I got back to my dorm and I cried myself to sleep. It felt like an awful ending to a friendship that was so fulfilling and beautiful prior to that point. Lucky and Joy had both supported me when I developed a physical disability that made me lose most of my other friendships and accepted me wholly at the time when most people weren't emotionally mature enough to do so. This rejection hurt so deeply at the time and shocked me as Joy had fiercely stuck up for me in the past, particularly in conflicts with her family who were concerned that I was not a good influence since I wasn't Catholic or even Christian or raised that way. Lucky and I really felt like Joy was actively trying to escape the oppressive culture she was raised in because in her teenage years she pushed back against her family's control so much i always recognized joy's faith would be important but i truly thought that she had grown and separated the more extreme parts of her upbringing from her religious life i didn't tell lucky about any of this but started turning down invites to hang out together with her and joy Within a year, Lucky and Joy also drifted apart. Later, I would find out it was because Lucky didn't want to baptize her son. Four years ago, Joy reached out to me and asked if we could get coffee because she missed me. I had been dating my girlfriend, now fiance, for almost a year at that point. Joy seemed to try to be on board, but dropped off when I mentioned my partner and showed her my lock screen. She literally told me that I was basically dating a man because my fiance is a non-binary butch lesbian. We were at coffee for less than half an hour before she said she had to leave. On our way out of the door, she said our lives were different and that our values didn't really align. I agreed. She invited me to mass and I declined. And that was that. It felt like a satisfying, bittersweet end that validated my feelings all those years before. We haven't spoken for entire years. Then while I was at work, I missed a call from Joy. I hesitated and texted her and asked if she meant to call me. She said yes and asked if I had time soon. I said, sure. (laughs) What was I supposed to say? Honestly, I thought that she was calling because of her own queer awakening. (laughs) She had disclosed some feelings for a friend she went to school with when we were teens or her boyfriend had left her. She had been with him for seven years at this point, but a mutual acquaintance of mine had been hooking up with him intermittently for multiple years after they met off of Grindr, all while her boyfriend was being homophobic on main on social media homophobic on social media. I don't know more than that. And honestly told folks, I don't want to touch any of that shit with a 10 foot pole, but whoop, what a twist. (laughs) Am I right? I totally expected things not to work out between her and her boyfriend. Anyway, that evening I had the weirdest fucking phone call of my life. She wanted to let me know she was engaged. She was, 
She breathlessly recounted the engagement for 45 minutes. Not going to share any details, but honestly, it was sort of lame and not nearly as cute as mine if I get to be petty. She asked me no questions about my own life. I had gotten engaged, moved for work, come out as non-binary, and my fiancé and I changed our relationship structure to polyamory since we had last spoken. She mentioned casually that people were crazy and the world was going to end if more people didn't come to Jesus. Literally. She invited me to mass and I told her I didn't live in the same state anymore. She was shocked and had no idea. I had lived there for over six months at that point. I finally asked why she called. She said she wanted me to know before they went public because we were such close friends. She said it was great catching up, but she had to call a few more people that evening and that it was good talking and hung up. Meanwhile, Lucky was blowing up my text and asking if Joy had also tried to call me. We compared notes. Joy and Lucky hadn't spoken in almost two years. We didn't understand why she called either of us. Here's where it's sticky. Joy has now reached out multiple times asking for my address to send a wedding invite. I'm obviously not going to go as I can almost guarantee my partner would not be welcome, even though they look dashing in a tuxedo. Here's the conflict, though. What's my excuse? Oh, I have several. Stay tuned. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to say uh, it was a money issue initially because I really can't afford it. But my fiance says to block her, I don't owe her an explanation and she should understand why we aren't friends anymore. Lucky said she's ghosting Joy. I feel bad for doing that. Do I owe Joy an explanation? Should I just block her, continue to read the messages and not respond? I feel like if I don't send some sort of message explaining myself, I won't feel the same closure I felt at the coffee shop where we agreed to go our separate ways. I'm sorry this is so long, but I guess this unexpected contact made me feel really strange. I'm wishing I hadn't taken part in that phone call at all. Please help. Is ghosting really okay? Should I send a text and say I can't make it or just block with no explanation? I thought writing all of this out would make it clear to me, but instead it has made me more confused and baffled. Thank you for reading. I've grown so much from listening to the show and become a better partner. Oh, all right. <laughs> baffled and confused, Heathen, you have come to the right place. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I'm so so sorry you're feeling so um, baffled and confused even after writing out to us, but we're so glad that you trusted us with this letter. Um, and yeah, I mean, I feel like I have some pretty strong opinions. Yes, absolutely. I feel like I've grown my teeth back while reading yeah, that. <laughs> absolutely. I mean, you are baffled and confused because everything about this is baffling and confusing. And I don't know if Sierra can provide and I can provide any clarity, but we are going to try and do that right after this break. Did you know that nearly 75% of people have subscriptions that they've forgotten about? I will tell you that I 100% am in that 75% of people. Before I started using Rocket Money, I thought I had maybe, I don't know, 15 subscriptions, um, but I couldn't believe it when actually I had way more than that. And it was things that I both had forgotten about and not forgotten about, but like seeing it all in one place was a real sort of amazing moments of clarity for me from streaming services and fitness apps and delivery services. Like everyone's trying to sell you a subscription now. And Rocket Money is great because it helps make sure that you're no longer wasting money on the ones that you forgot about. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that helps find and cancel your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps 
lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. With Rocket Money, I have full control over my subscriptions and a clear view of my expenses. I can see all of my subscriptions in one place. And if I see something I don't want, Rocket Money can help me cancel it with just a few taps. I love how the dashboard helps me see this month's spending compared to last month so I can clearly see my spending habits. It is humbling (laughs) (laughs) and incredibly helpful. Uh And they'll also help me create a custom budget and keep my spending on track. Rocket Money will even try to negotiate lower bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is submit a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. They'll deal with customer service for you. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in cancel subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash just break up. That's rocketmoney.com slash just break up. Rocketmoney.com slash just break up. All right, my darling. So let me just restate some things to you. <laughs> uh-huh that I took from this letter that I'm sure people in your life has said, including your lovely partner. Um, you know, if I, if I could say something to joy, when you said that your lives were different and that your values didn't align, I want to be clear on the values that don't align from an outsider <laughs> are like, I don't know, respect, personal boundary, general kindness and acceptance (laughs) of other people. Like that's what's not aligning here. Uh And, you know, I am at that place in my life where I'm like, fucking live and let live. Like if somebody wants to be a homophobic (laughs) asshole, like that is their fucking prerogative. I'm not going to waste my time on them. And also what is just tickling me about this letter is that is the is the overstepping of boundaries. Like you cannot be so literally cruel to someone you call a friend and then overshare about the joy of your life. That is like the most predatory style of friendship to me. It's like, it's so funny that it's not the homophobia. That's like so upsetting. It's like, you're not even aware. No, because what a bad friend you are. No, for sure, because she doesn't <laughs> think she's being a bad friend, right? She thinks that she's trying to right. save this person right. from whatever it is that she thinks that they need to be saved from, which is like, which is what is so baffling about it, because it's like it's it's hard to be like looking at something and be like, this feels cruel, and to have that person be like, no, this is this is good for you. Like this is, this is what you need. And have them be bubbly. (laughs) Oh, for sure. Absolutely. And I think, I think that joy is reaching out to you and lucky because joy wants to prove something, right? She wants to prove that she, like how happy she is in this relationship that you have said seems rocky in its, (laughs) in its foundations for a number of different reasons. And to prove to you that, you know, she is doing the thing that, that 
people say that they do, which is to hate the sin and love the sinner, right? To, to say like, yeah, but yeah. see, we're still really good friends. Like we can, right? I love you despite the fact that I think that the way that you are and who you are is sinful, right? Like it's, it is so yeah. much of this like performative sort of like love that is not actually love in the way that I experience it, or I think in the way that you experience it baffled. But I, I think that in this moment, she's trying to prove something. And the fact that it's really confusing to you makes a hundred percent sense to me because that is not the way that I would live my life or the thing that I would want to prove to people. Um, and seems like that's what gets her off. So like, good for her. Like she can go do that over there. <laughs> you don't need to be involved in it in any way. <laughs> you know, like that's what I'm saying to you baffled is like, you don't have to participate in this charade that joy seems to be living around your friendship with her, right? Like you, you are also part of this and you get to decide whether or not you want to participate. And if I were you, I definitely would not. And I, I don't know that I would feel a, str a strong urge to owe this person anything of me or any sort of explanation. But I also totally understand that that's something that, that feels important to you. So we can talk about yes. what you could say to her, yes. how you could say it, uh, if that's something that, that feels right for you. Yeah. I feel like, you know, what's ironic about this letter is that you're debating the, the merits and the disrespect of blocking when this person has said like the most dehumanizing things <laughs> to you. Yes. Um, and I get it. Sam is so right. Like, I think, I think I would probably want, I, I mean, man, I think I would probably want to say like, I would do two things. I would not ghost the person. I would probably say like, uh, no, well maybe I would. I, here are the options. You ghost them. You send them a message like, hey, we can't make it. We have a, a, a conflict. We hope you have a great time. Fucking, I don't know. Be polite. <laughs> um, you can also say, I won't be coming to your wedding um, because uh, I don't feel like this relationship is authentic because you don't accept my um, my lifestyle and you are not um, respectful of me. You know, you can say, you can just say that, like, I, you can be polite in that letter as that message as well. You can say, I wish you guys, um, a lifetime of happiness, but I'm not interested in being in a relationship with people who, uh, who can be so unaccepting and cruel to me. Like you, at all of this time talking and not talking, you haven't, ex you haven't tried to accept me or accept the things I'm saying, which is, this is who I am. I don't want to go to mass, yada, yada, yada. Yep. I also want to say like, you know, you asked just for some perspectives on this um, and you feel really obviously confused by the behavior. So I just want to offer one thing like that comes to mind, similar to what Sam said about her sort of wanting to share to to, to prove something like to prove how happy I am. There is a performative aspect to this, um, that I don't even blame joy for. I think, uh, the, the escalator of relationships, especially when you're young, especially, um, when you're on this like path that you think you should be on that can mm -hmm. often be influenced by things like family and religion and things like that. For sure. So much of the marital process feels really performative to me, even when it's genuine, like, you know, For sure. posting, I like announced that like my wife and I were 
engaged and I announced it on an Instagram post with like this big romantic caption and it was romantic to me. And also it is performative to be like, look at this thing happening in my life. Let me share it with you. And like, I'm not really sure all of my followers on Instagram care. You know, (laughs) I I, I say that just to say that, like, I think, I think a certain level of performance when something like this happens in your life is normal. And it's also really expected of this cultural thing, marriage, you know? And I say all this to, to, to explain that I think she's inviting you because of like that cultural thing that happens when we get married and we're like, oh, we need to invite every person that's ever been important to me. It's not just her trying to prove that she's happy. It's her doing this societal, I don't know, dance for sure. <laughs> and being like, oh, it's going to be the most romantic day of your life you know, TLDR, it's not going to be. (laughs) Um, And it's, you know, it's going to be the happiest day of your life. That would be really sad if it was, you know, like, just kidding. Weddings are very happy days. Um, But we put a lot of stake in them. We put a lot of pressure on them. And I think she's manifesting some of that pressure or performativeness in reaching out to you. Well, and I also like wonder if the fact that she treats her friends so poorly means that she's sort of in this moment looking around when she's supposed to be telling and celebrating with all of her friends and being like, Oh, I don't really have that. I isolated them. Yeah, absolutely. And (laughs) so now I'm like, I'm going down to the bottom of the barrel to find people in my life who are like, (laughs) don't talk about our listener like that. (laughs) No, absolutely. You're at the top of my barrel, but like for her, you know, like I don't like, she's like out of friends at this point. Like that's, that's part of my speculation too, is that it's like, she's maybe looking around and seeing all of these, these friends that are getting married that have all of their high school friends in their wedding party. And is like, Oh, I'm supposed to be doing that shit. Too bad. I alienated the two friends that I had. (laughs) And it's like, now I will just pretend like nothing happened and I will invite them into my, into my love. Um, because that's what you're supposed to do, I guess. Like once you get married, all of all, we start with a blank slate, (laughs) like weddings are. Yeah. And, and the, 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 um, capitalistic side of weddings say invite your elementary school teachers, invite all of your childhood friends, invite mm-hmm. your aunts and uncles, even though you only speak to them every four years. You Absolutely. know, like um, I think that there's some weird wedding stuff pressure happening here. But Sam used the, the word speculating, and I think it's that is just like the general <laughs> vibe of this letter because it's baffling to us too, like the yep. audacity of all of this behavior, not just the homophobia and like the cruel um, way to treat somebody you consider your friend, but the, the bizarre overstepping of boundaries um, boundaries, meaning like, not that you were like, please don't contact me, but the, I guess the maturity or the immaturity in saying like, Oh, this person would want to celebrate this news with me, despite the way that I've treated them and denied their entire, uh, existence. Yeah. It's just so weird. Yeah. Um, I know that's what I'm saying. It's, it's like, uh, it's baffling baffling. To us it is baffling. Um, yeah. I mean, I think, what do you think the letter writer should do? I mean, it seems to me like from your letter, it seems important to you to say something. And I am in, 
total agreement that that is a thing that you could do and could probably be really helpful for you. And I think it sounds like it would be nice for you to like get some of this off of your chest, right? To, to actually like say it and be like, no, remember we agreed that our, that our values are not in alignment and you don't agree with my lifestyle. So like, I'm not coming to your wedding. And I think that you could say that you could message her on Instagram or you could email her or text her wherever you have contact with her and, and just say all of that and be like, Hey, Last time we talked four years ago, we sort of both agreed that our values aren't in alignment. And so I wish you the best and I'm glad you're happy, but I'm not interested in attending a wedding for somebody who doesn't see me and my partner as something worth celebrating either. So I'm going to, I'm going to pass on this and I wish you all the best, right? Like you could say that. And I think that that would be totally fine. I also like, I'm totally okay with what Lucky is doing, right. Of ghosting and just like not going to the wedding. Like that is also fine too. Um, but I don't think you need to, I, the only thing I don't want you to do is to lie. <laughs> like I don't, I don't want you to say you're just like Funny. not busy. I'm fine with lying. <laughs> I feel like you don't fucking owe this person you the truth or the emotional labor yeah, of but explaining I, like, why. I don't want you to make yourself smaller yes. or like to undermine your own experience just to like placate this person. Right. I either want them to like look at you on Instagram and realize that you're not there anymore. Or I want them to like, <laughs> or I want them to get the full message of why you're not going because like this sort of like niceness but this isn't person actually has doing not gotten the message yet. <laughs> right. You know, you might spill your authentic heart to this person and, and say perfectly like why you're not coming to that wedding, but we have seen how they've responded. Oh, for sure. They, 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 they left a coffee date because of a, because of your happiness, because of a lock screen (laughs) photo, you know, that is true. I, I don't, the reason why people block or lie in this instance, just, you know, just to like wash your hands of it in a clean way is because we've, We've learned what we can expect from this person and we don't want to invest our emotional energy and our vulnerability and our authenticity in it. However, if you want this closure that you're talking about quotes around closure, you can just, you know, think about what what you would like to say that you could be that would give you that. Cause again, we give ourselves closure. We give ourselves a feeling of completeness. And so you can say whatever Sam said or, or some iteration of that. And then, you know, the next time this person calls you, you don't answer that. Because you don't, you've been down there before. Oh, absolutely. I would send this message and then block them, right? Like you don't need a response from them. You've said your piece. They know why you're doing this. Um, But I wouldn't, I wouldn't engage in any further conversation around it, which is why I don't think you should lie because that invites further conversation, right? Like then she's not going to get the message that she shouldn't invite you to things. She's going to be like, okay, well, could you come to my bridal shower? Even though you have a, right? Is this person (laughs) going to get the message? Like, is this the, is this the mailbox that we're going to (laughs) like run to? No, you're going to go to the mailbox and then you're going to lock the mailbox shut. So like nothing comes (laughs) back out at you. You can like say the thing because it sounds important to baffled to say something. So say it. And then remove yourself from the situation, right? But like, I'm afraid that if you're like, oh, I can't come this time, then like in another three years when they have a baby, she's going to invite you to the baby shower, right? Like, and you don't want that in yeah. your life. So like, don't lie about why you're not going, but either like block her or say something and then block her <laughs> Like, is, is my vibe. Yeah. My vibe is that, that, or lie <laughs> because like I, 
it's not a white lie. It's like, a, let me get out of this because I don't want to spend any more emotional energy here. However, as Sam pointed out, this person, obviously, you know, our letter writer is feeling conflicted. So the emotional energy is already sent. So you might as well be like, you're an asshole. I'm not coming to your wedding, but you don't have to do it in a mean way. You can just do it in a truthful way. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think that our values align. I don't think our lives are compatible. I don't think I'd be comfortable at your wedding, but I wish you the best. Black. Black. Love it. Black. <laughs> Black is the most important part of this message, I think. Like this, just do not invite yeah, this person I back think into so. your this life. This person has had their chance. They've had their chance. And you know what? Maybe you can be maybe you can be with them when they both come out of the closet in like 30 years. I would not. That seems like a lot. That seems I know. <laughs> Man. Seems fraught. The commentary that I want to give about the DL being on the DL, I just, I'm not going to comment on it, but just please know I want to. Oh, absolutely. Desperately. Absolutely. Comment on this person. Of course. Of course, the homophobic dude is on the DL on Grinder. It doesn't. It's. Okay. Anyway. Grinder is a wasteland. It's a wasteland out there. So much. (laughs) We love you so much. And you know what? Here's the, here's the, the kicker about it all. I want your friend Joy and her fiance to live their happiest, most authentic lives. Absolutely. I want them to be free to be their most authentic selves. I just... I, more than that, I want you to feel like you have the right to have the boundaries, to accept people in and out of your lives who actually respect you, who, who, who believe in you, who want good things for you. Um, and you have every right to cut this person out of your life. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you can devote time and energy and space to the people who are building you up and affirming you and not to people who don't believe that you and your partner should be together. All right, my darling, thank you so much for trusting us with this letter. Don't go to that wedding and uh, we love you. (laughs) Absolutely. Thank you so much for writing. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. If you want more content from us, you can get uh, an additional bonus weekly episode by supporting us on Patreon, as well as many other perks. Uh, That's patreon.com slash justbreakuppod. You can slide into our DM, send us your favorite relationship memes, but most importantly, you can submit your questions about all matters of the heart at justbreakuppod.com, which is also where you can find our merchandise. Please remember to like, follow, subscribe, give us a five-star rating and review. This literally keeps our mics on and helps us reach more brokenhearted souls who need two random strangers giving them relationship advice. Just Break Up is a production of Duvid Media, original music, recording, editing, producing all magical things by Spencer Worth Davis. And remember, y'all, it is not our job to convince other people to respect us, to believe in us, to accept us. It is our job to affirm ourselves and treat ourselves to the boundaries and the space and the respect that we deserve. And if all else fails, just break up.